0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the C-String Podcast and another episode of Classic Rock Talk. As always. As always. We're back. We're going to get straight into it. No teasing this time. Nothing to... I don't think we have anything to talk about before we get into it. I don't think so. So we're going to get started. Uh, we're in March of 1972 is the release release of this album. Um, that's all I... I don't really know much else about these band. I know they're from London. Yeah, they're an English band. Uh this is their third studio album. Yep. Uh this is honestly probably not super. Probably not the first uh any first guess that would come to your mind it's probably not. Oh right. no, it's probably not them. Um but I'll go ahead and go ahead and let you know. It's You Are the Music, We're Just the Band
1: by yes.
0: Trapeze. What an album name, honestly. For yeah. that's I think a it's a uh bad album That's badass. But um Let's let's talk about the personnel here, because there might be a name that you recognize. Um, we have Glenn Hughes on bass, mm-hmm. also on piano, and the vocalist Mel Gailey on the guitar and Dave Holland on uh, drums. Yeah, so uh, Glenn
1: Hughes, I'm sure a lot of people know him from Deep Purple, mm-hmm. or the Dead Daisies, and uh, Mel Galley actually joined uh, Whitesnake. Oh, he oh, was a part of Whitesnake for a little bit, so... <clears throat> You might recognize. You might recognize him
0: too. Know, yeah. But... Um, yeah, Glenn Hughes, big, big part of this album. One that's... of my uh, my personal favorite musicians. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a good Absolutely. Yeah, just in general, know.
1: yeah. Dude knows how to play the bass and <laughs> blows <laughs> vocals away. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I his vocal. Uh, he didn't. Did he have such a big vocal uh, part in Deep Purple? Yeah. Uh,
1: Especially in Burn, he had a pretty big. It was him and uh, David Coverdale, who was also White Snake, uh, kind of traded. Okay. Which in California Jam, he kind of actually blew David Coverdale's vocals out of the
0: water with his <laughs> vocals. With his. Um, yeah. I was gonna say yeah, he uh, He's basically your main vocalist throughout this entire album. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll let's get into the, let's get into the tracks here. On side A, we have Keepin' Time, Coast to Coast, What is a Woman's Role, and Way Back to the Bone. Uh, coast to Coast is a banger. <laughs> yeah, it is. So is Keepin' Time. I really like Keepin' Time. I like Keepin' Time too. Then it does start good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that verse is really good.
1: And then uh, same with Way Back to the Bone. I didn't mind that one either. That was a pretty solid
0: one. I agree. I, I Definitely the highlight of the A side for me, though, was those first two. Yeah. Um, go ahead and. Get into our B-side. So the B-side is
1: Feeling So Much Better Now, Will Our Love End, The Loser, and You Are The Music. Uh, feeling So Much Better Now is hands down one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Uh, I love the the riff. I love Glenn Hughes' vocals. Uh, man, that beginning riff. I wish I could learn it. I just, I don't know how to play
0: it by ear. so I'd... Go listen I'd to have no way so you of know what it. you're it's, talking it's about. An, it's a crazy yeah. riff. Um, but... Uh, I would say, or my question to you is, last episode you did a pretty good job, I would say, of relating the albums we talked about to previous albums we talked about or popular bands. What do these guys sound like to you? Um, Shoot, I'm trying to
1: figure out all the ones we've listened to.
0: It doesn't necessarily have to be anything we listen. to. I can't to. think of
1: a particular one to be honest.
0: I can't. Um, I, I, I've struggled too. They were. That's why I asked you the question is because I found that I found that these guys are very unique. Yeah, they do have a really unique sound. Cause, yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't know, and it always create like blows me away how again three group like three dudes will absolutely make a loud sound. Yeah it's great it's always the
0: three it's always the three it's man always the three bands. piece bands we, i'm pretty sure we said pieces. that last episode too, because yeah. rush was on there they get they get away with it every time it's always the three man bands that do this stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah and also this ending of the album you're the music it's kind of it's yeah. it's a pretty epic way it's to a good end epic ending to the uh, end of the album um not all of that grandiose but just the feel of like that that's the whole point of the, that that's the whole point that's yeah. the whole feel of the album you're you guys are the music we're we're just playing we're mm-hmm. just the band that plays it and it really matches the album cover too because it's just like it's just the album f- cover is
1: just like a raw photo of them just playing
0: yeah like it's just them at a concert
1: like just very raw like that's you just a the crowd in the background glenn yeah. Hughes i'm assuming is facing the crowd i don't know though because you can't tell hardly
0: he this dude uh Mel Galley is, is not facing the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> pretty cool. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool uh, album feel in general. Yeah. Just and it's, a, it's a very
1: different sound from like their debut. Their debut is a bit... It's kind of weird, honestly. Yeah, because you listen to it, and that's why you thought I'll, this one. Yeah, oh, I, I really like this. I think this is that... I think this was a better sound for them and I think they knew it too. Okay. Yeah, cuz I haven't
0: listened to their debut yet so I don't I wouldn't be able to parse that one together, but yeah. I'd I I completely love this sound um, mm. throughout the whole album. It's it's unique and maybe not my favorite band in the entire or favorite album in the entire world, but something I'll definitely come back to. Yeah, it's it's a really good album. I if, like it. Yeah. If I see it if I see it on a store shelf, I'll probably pick it up. Mm-hmm. I, de- I definitely will. It's it's a good one and anything by Glenn Hughes is going to be uh, written well and played well and yeah. there really won't be any outstanding or glaring problems mm-hmm. with it and anytime you get an album with no outstanding problems it's hey, That's yeah. half the battle. <laughs> like yeah, you, you you've go. done it. You've like, done it. Yeah, because that, that happens more often than not. As we have seen throughout this whole entire series like we have gone over multiple times that there's some small mistakes that these people make whether it comes to mixing or releasing it or something like that and Mm -hmm. just kind of ruins it.
1: And especially, I don't
0: think Trapeze was a very big band back when they
1: released this. I think this kind of gave them more limelight. Nice Rush reference. (laughs) I'm glad you caught that because I actually (laughs) did that on purpose. (laughs) I think think this album definitely gave them more... uh, Exposure. Exposure. Yeah. And sold them to a lot more people. And that eventually led to Glenn Hughes' hiring to d Purple. Because yeah. Because they liked his uh, work with trapeze. And actually, Glenn Hughes, actually, speaking of which, I think uh, Mel Galley's birthday was a couple days ago. Because <laughs> I saw Glenn Hughes really? post something about it. I'm pretty sure.
0: Damn. But, well, uh. Happy birthday, Mel Galley.
1: Um. He just said that that's his favorite band he's ever been a part of.
0: Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's cool. He, uh he really loved Trapeze.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Oftentimes, yeah, that is actually really cool. Like, the the band that he started off with started it all, really, for him. Mm-hmm. Instead of the band that everybody knows him for in Deep Purple. Yeah. That's cool. That's always nice to see and hear, I guess. But uh, that is You Are The Music. We're just the band. Yeah. Really hoping... Uh, when he was going on a, a solo tour playing
1: some of his uh stuff with trapeze and uh Deep Purple and I hope he comes somewhere around here. That'd be nice. 'Cause I'd be willing to shell out money for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'd definitely be willing. I've already shelled out money for Kansas, so Yeah. We could maybe maybe we'll talk about I was gonna say I was gonna bring that up but then I was like, maybe we'll go over a Kansas album. We'll talk about it then. Um but hopefully now that we are talking about him, he doesn't die. Yeah, please don't. Uh, please don't. <laughs> uh, anyways, that is it. That's The are The Music. We're just the band. Go give it a listen. Uh-huh. highly recommend them. And we're going to move on. You know, yeah. we, we got stuff to get to here. Um, next, we're moving six years into the future with the release date of this one. Um, if you don't know this band, then you're maybe, I don't know, you're 20, 20 30 years or younger, somewhere in that range, and you I... never listen to music. I don't, don't know. Really I'd carried.
1: be I'd be willing to guess. Uh, people know one song from this album,
0: really. They might not How? know who it is. Okay, okay, okay. I, that's fair. I, I that's guarantee fair. you, it's been used in enough stuff to where people have heard it. That's fair. That you're you're definitely right there. Um, but yeah, very uber popular. Just think, super popular. This is their debut album. Super mm. popular debut album, released in 1978. Um, you might be able to just get it from that if you're if you know your stuff, or even if you don't, you might just be able to guess. Yeah. Uh, this is a Columbia label, and it is Toto, their debut yes. album, self-titled. Um, I literally listened to this an hour ago, <laughs> first time listening to the whole album. hmm Um, let's go over the personnel real quick. Yeah. You want to go through that?
1: Yeah. So uh, Toto is made of uh, Bobby Kimball, Steve Lukather, well. Bobby Kimmel's on lead vocals, sorry, I got ahead of myself, <laughs> lead vocals and backing vocals, Steve Lukather is on guitars, uh, backing vocals, and lead vocals, which is pretty much most of them, except for a couple of them, but uh, David Patch, I can never say his name right, is... I mean, it might be Pike? I think so, it's, it's one of the it's, two. yeah. Keyboard synthesizer piano backing and lead. Uh, Steve Procario keyboard synthesizers and lead vocals on "Taking It Back," and then David Hungate on bass and Jeff Procario on drums. And uh, a very, very talented bunch of dudes. Yep. Yeah, These dudes were basically the Steely Dan of the eighties because they were a bunch of session musicians that just uh, just decided, like, "Hey, I want to." being a band let's jam yeah let's and, jam it out yeah and especially jeff procario and steve luke they're whole shit <laughs> they are incredible yeah
0: um, man jeff procario is prefer- some of the best jeff, yeah. drumming i've ever heard yeah you if you know if you know this album already you will, can you can already probably point to a few jeff procario mm-hmm. drum sections that stick out in your
1: head i even say jeff procario is up there with like neil Peart, like he is oh for
0: sure yeah Oh man, he is such a good He's drummer. He's really fucking good. Um, but anyway, let's let's well we'll kind of talk about them as we t- go through the mm-hmm. album here. So let's start with side A. Uh, we have Child's Anthem, I'll Supply the Love, Georgie Porgy, Manuela Run, and You Are the Flower. Very
1: solid side. <laughs> Excuse me.
0: Um, Child's Anthem blew me away. I'll Supply
1: oh. the Love. The riff in that song blew <laughs> me away. And then Georgie Porgy Goes for, I don't know if you recognize this sound. Uh oh. But. I probably don't. It sounded like Chicago.
0: Yeah. If I'm
1: thinking of the right song, it sounded. You are. uh, It It had the very close. uh, It had the horn. It had the. uh, I can't think of his name for some reason. It had the Terry Kath style guitar in it. Yeah. It it just. It was
0: structured like a Chicago song. Drew me. I think that's a great comparison. Oh, yeah. Um, I, was, I, I guess I didn't think of that instantly when I, I heard was, it. But I was on the treadmill and I was like, man, this has a
1: real yeah. big Chicago feel yeah. to it. Yeah, uh, definitely does. And uh, I think the big reason that is I think Steve Lukather actually uh, really admired Terry Kath from Chicago. From Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think because. I know one of the documentaries uh I watched about Terry Kath, Steve Luther was in and mentioned the fact that like twenty five or 64 blew him away. Yeah. He blew his socks off.
0: And that's how he That's how yeah. So yeah that's, that's how, how he got it started. Some inspiration, yeah, that's mm-hmm. how it started. Um with that being said, there's two songs on this album that are uh where the lead vocalist is David David P. I'm just gonna say David P. Uh, oh, yeah uh i don't know we don't know how to say his last name um <laughs> we will get into the next one but sorry, i have bro. to say sorry bro well technically there's three because he d- he does it in tandem on angela but whatever mm-hmm. um those two songs in particular even angela really um i think showcase that in this album in particular i like david p's vocals a whole host more than the others, and it's not because yeah. the others are not good, but I love what it's, he what he does.
1: It reminds me of like a, uh, a like a Christy McVee situation from Excuse Fleetwood me. Mac. Yeah, that's exactly what it reminds me of. Where the lead vocalist isn't necessarily the one that I necessarily think has the best Associate, voice. Yeah, I think I think all the tracks that uh, he plays. <laughs> He sings on uh, David Pike. Sings on is are really good. I think
0: they're and his very vocals good.
1: are really good. Mm-hmm.
0: In particular, uh, Manuel Run, mm-hmm. and it's it's got that uh, it's very catchy. I would have to say uh, it's got kind of a like a pop funk kind of weird vibe to it. Jazz, yeah, I couldn't tell you what it is, um, but it's very catchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then but hit the other song that he well, I'm just going to go into the B side here. We have Girl Goodbye taking it back Rockmaker, hold the line and angela mm-hmm. and you know i the point i'm trying to make is manuelo run is very different from Rockmaker, which yeah. is slightly different from angela like the ones that he has lead vocalist parts in they're not all the same they're all different they're not all the same he's not asked to do the same thing every time mm-hmm. and so i think that also is particularly impressive i agree and i know obviously when you have a band and that makes an album with 10 songs and there's, like, for instance, you have a band that doesn't have, like, three different lead singers and that just has one. Mm-hmm. That, that lead singer is obviously not going to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he did what he was supposed to do and he did it very well. Mm-hmm. Um. But let's... Well, on that note, too, I do really like uh, Bobby Kimball's vocals. Yeah.
1: I think they are really good. <clears throat> and then I want to talk about Hold the Line because this is something... If you haven't heard the song, I seriously doubt... You're living. Yeah, what you're saying, I feel like you're lying. (laughs) But, um... So, when they first play that riff, the bass and the guitar are so tight together that it almost sounds like the guitar has... like a bass boost on it. But that the bass and the guitar are so tight that it just, like... Sounds so fucking thick for a guitar, for just a guitar okay. riff. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Like it just—it it sounds so fucking cool. Yeah, and I noticed that today especially. I was like, "Wow, yeah. that's fucking cool." Actually,
0: uh-huh. um, but I—I uh, I have to say, um, I, I don't—I don't really remember how I feel about "Girl Goodbye." I'm not gonna lie, it's not the greatest. It's I think it side. was all right. It was all right, and then taking it back, I feel like this B side. Got better as it went along. Yeah. is what I'm trying to say. I agree. So I think Angela's really good, too. Angela's really good. Rock maker's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, pretty good. So hold the line. Yeah. And so I think B-Side starts with a little bit of B-Side blues, mm-hmm. uh, but kind of catches back up with itself at the end. Um, because, yeah, Girl Goodbye and Taking It Back, not my favorite from this album, but that's not to say they're terrible. Um, but yeah, uh, I I don't know what else to say. Yeah, uh, I also wanted
1: to talk about, so I read about this, no, I watched a video about this earlier, so, the reason the sword on their album cover, oh, I guess it says right here too, the sword on their album cover represents their new sharp sound that they had. That's why they ultimately decided on the sword. Huh. Which is pretty fucking cool. I mean, Especially in their next album, Hydra, the way they use a sword is pretty fucking awesome. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's always been one of those deals where I look at it, I'm like, damn, that's badass.
0: And then with, like, the galactic background. There's a lot of lore here. Now that I'm yeah, reading I this, there's actually a lot. We're be diving into the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lore. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, but that's something, if you want to go and delve into it on your own time, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, so... Even more interesting is how, you know. Yeah, I, uh... <laughs>
1: I still think Hydra, their next album, is probably my favorite Toto album. Yeah. But this one came damn close. (laughs) Yeah. This one actually blew me away. I was like, wow,
0: that is incredible. Yeah. I'll have to definitely listen to Hydra. Yeah. But yeah, this definitely, I mean, it's what shot them into stardom, you know? You Mm -hmm. know all about that. Everybody knows all about that. We won't get too much into that. But that is. The debut album of Toto. Yeah. Go check it out. Maybe we'll review some more of theirs in the future. Yeah. <clears throat> but for now, we move on. We're kinda of all over the place in this episode. The grand finale. Yes. 1981. We've moved forward a whole ten years in this episode. Excuse me. We're in the plastic age. The... I don't know what that means. It's <laughs> I
1: don't know. It's it's a coin that was turned by the buggles.
0: A coin that was turned or <laughs>
1: By you the Buggles, I mean. you know who? what I mean? Okay, get, I do know the radio star. That's the Buggles. Trevor Horn. He was with. Yes, he did a lot of their. Anyways,
0: <laughs> irredeemable mistake there. Yeah, my, minor. My minor bad. Mistake. I'm hopped up on caffeine, yeah. so I'm my mind's <laughs> racing. <safe>. Anyway, <clears throat> goddamn, we're here, 1981. As I mentioned, label Areola. Don't know if I didn't know of this label bit until I'm obscure. one. Until I actually bought the album um it's uh i don't know what else to say other than that i'm gonna be honest it's their third album (laughs) it's their third album that's all i got hell of a voice time um but it is sky three by Mm -hmm. sky um sky was originally created and francis monkman yeah was was in the um was a part of the band he was not a part of the band for this album yeah. But nonetheless he was part of man. If you don't know who Francis Monkman is, maybe maybe we'll tell you. We should probably tell you. Um uh, He 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 was from Curved Air, essentially. Yeah, he was That's what i that's basically all I'll delve into. But yeah. He was the guy curved air. Um and he did. he was the keyboardist, I believe, because Yeah, yeah Steve Gray replaced him. So yeah. Uh he was on keyboard but For Sky, we have John Williams on guitars. Steve Gray was your keyboard guy, synthesizer. A harpsichord and a clavinet. If you don't know what a harpsichord is, look it up. It's pretty interesting. It's a really really cool instrument. It's it's, it's really interesting. And then uh, we have Herbie Flowers on bass. uh, Tristan Fry, drums. A marimba. I don't know what that is. I think it's a... Like a xylophone?
1: Yes, one of those kind of instruments. If If I remember right. Kevin Peek also
0: on guitars. My phones going crazy. Um, Kevin Peek also on guitars with John Williams.
1: Yeah, this apparently
0: these guys were a bunch of talented
1: people too. Like John yeah, William, I was reading about John Williams. Apparently, he's regarded as like one of the best living classical guitarists, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, he's got Grammys apparently. Yeah, yeah, I bros. Bros he's, uh he's decorated, dripping.
0: He's decorated. For and then sure. uh
1: Herbie Flowers uh has played on a lot of records I really like actually. <laughs> His Wikipedia is a bit scary he's but uh um, crazy Wikipedia picture. Uh, yeah, he's played on a uh, Diamond Dogs by uh, David Bowie. Um Nielsen Smielsen by uh, Harry Nielsen. Yes, yes. He's played with uh Paul George and uh, Ringo from the Beatles on some of their solos, uh, and he's with T Rex, so he has so, yeah. a pretty uh pretty big resume. All
0: these, yeah, as, as you said at the start, all these guys apparently do. Yeah, but uh, if you if or if you didn't, you know, you might have think we might think I'm forgetting somebody because I didn't mention a vocalist, um, but I didn't forget anybody. This song, mm-hmm. this album, just does not. It's a, uh, a vocals. It's a complete instrumental album. Which,
1: when you said that, I was kind of like skeptical. I was like, "This going to be like another curved air situation?"
0: Yeah, yeah. Except for curved air, even had vocals. It's yeah, just... they even tried like halfway through putting vocals in there. And then... I was like, I don't know about this one, but uh... I'm gonna look at. I have the album with me. I'm gonna go to get it and look because. I don't remember this. <laughs> and I would feel embarrassed. It has been like five days since I listened. But... No, it definitely starts with Grace. Yeah, I just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, okay, this is right. Okay, that's right, that's right. So, my... Now that I'm looking on Wikipedia, I also... Think Wikipedia is wrong. Anyway, we should probably I should probably fucking explain what I'm it's talking probably, about.
1: It's probably people just looking at different pressings and be like, oh, this is the original. It's yeah, like, no,
0: it's not. <laughs> Anyways, side A is The Grace. Uh, Chiropity number one, West Wind, Saraband. And on Wikipedia, it says connecting rooms ends this side, but it's actually uh, Mahiko. Yeah, I was going to say. It's definitely, definitely Mahiko. Um.
1: Really liked uh, this whole side. Oh, Honestly. oh yeah, I amazing for specifically uh, Saraband was probably my favorite off of this side. Uh, I really liked
0: that one. I, I probably should have listened to this again because it's been a little bit. So I'm kind of get. I think I'm kind of Saraband is confused. a uh, it's a classical piece.
1: I don't remember when it what era it was made in, but it this one has like.
0: The same classical feel to it with a more synth sound. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because it was right after the the West Wind, which is six Mm -hmm. like six and a half minutes long. Okay, I remember that now. Okay, yeah. Um, I hate that it's so fucking it's mixed up. It's annoying. Um, but I thought uh, Mahiko because it's definitely Mahiko is the last one. Mm -hmm. Great way to end the side. Yeah, and as you mentioned with sarah band reading right before it i guess i don't know should we should we try to explain because it's an instrumental band should we try to explain like kind of what sort of sound you're gonna you should expect because it's not so there's a few bands that this reminds me of um
1: one of them being the band star castle i know you're like who yeah <laughs> Uh, basically a more keyboarded version of Yes, is how i describe them.
0: They definitely exciting. have the same
1: sound of this. And then honestly, even, like, a little bit of Asia.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: More, more... I'm not going to say they're exactly Asian. like Asia, not, but... Not
0: Asia, like, completely, but...
1: In terms of, like, tones with, like, keyboards and stuff, it's pretty close to Asia. Yeah. Like, it's it's very close to what uh, Geoff Downs did on Asia. Yeah, i have to
0: agree there. Um... It's more that time Pretty... when progressive rock went more for keyboards rather than yeah. It's very keyboard heavy. It's uh, it's not your tri- like night, early seventies progressive rock. Yeah, where it's... it's not even like mid seventies. Like it's no. it's really it's got like a new new influence. Yeah, to very it. new, which makes sense. It was released in eighty one, so mm-hmm. I guess we should expect that. Yeah, but yes, a very new feel to a keyboard style prog rock that you would sort of expect to be in more of a seventy mid-70s album but is instead is inserted to an early 80s album yeah and especially since uh
1: progressive rock was pretty much on its way out in eighty. yeah like everyone was kind of tired of progressive rock at that point and uh yeah it's it's a really refreshing
0: album i'd say mm-hmm. yeah very very refreshing and nice to know that there was still some bands doing this in the eighties and you know, apparently these guys were fucking you know, they were master masterminds, you know, I hold whole trophy cabinet of accolades, so yeah. definitely the right people to be doing it. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, anyway, side two we have Moonroof, Sister Rose, Hello, Dance of the Big Fairies, Connecting Rooms, and Keep Me Safe, Keep Me Warm, Shelter Me From Darkness. I <laughs> really Excuse like me. this side too. It's I mean it's it's more of the same. It is. Which is a good thing. Yeah, I. They didn't. They didn't do. They didn't. Compl- they didn't. St- you know, get tired of what they were doing and try to, you know, forge a different path or something weird like that.
1: And it's not repetitive to the point where it gets annoying. Yeah. Later. Yeah, that can like, be a big problem. It's It's a good staying the same. Like it's staying the, s- staying near what you did, but not like
0: straight up what you. You're not copying on the, first, the side. first side, yeah. But it's a. I mean, it's, you know, you're building off of what you did on the first side. And yeah. which is what a great album should do, really. Yeah. It's re- it's really what it should do. And again, I can't I can't stress enough with I guess all three of the bands today, but you know, especially with the first and this, this third one, the quality of production. Like obviously Toto was well done, mm-hmm. but it's important that your the music was well done and it's important that Sky3 was well done. It was yeah. produced very well. It was. There's there's not problems with it again. I know that seems minor, but that's half the fight right there. I was going to say, how you record an album and the mixing is
1: really it's important. It's so key. It's which is key. why we praised so Alan Parsons' project so much yes. last last episode. Yeah, last one, yeah.
0: Like, that's why we did it.
1: Because that dude knew what the hell he was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very important. And when you don't know what you're doing, it don't sound right. You <laughs> could bring a bunch of the most talented musicians in the world into your studio But if you can't mix it properly, it's going to sound like shit.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. That is perfect. Perfect explanation as to why that's so important.
1: Like, how do you think? I don't want to say this sound like I'm knocking the Beatles, but like, the Beatles very much benefited from that, Mm -hmm. being that their mixer was very, very, very good at what he did.
0: Yeah. I have to say that as well. George Martin was very, very, very good. I was um, trying to think of his name, but he got there before I did. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we're here. We're not here to talk about the Beatles. Yeah. We're not here to talk about Sky. And I gotta say, man, this is the first. This is the first album uh, that I've listened to with, that has been fully instrumental. Mm-hmm. And it is a, It is was a welcome introduction to the world of instrumental albums. Not very many like this.
1: Not. Yeah, Honestly, I was gonna say there's. I, I can't
0: name a whole album that's an instrumental. I mean, an entire album. Like normally, at some point, you get a word or two in there. Even if it's just one, even if it's just one word, you normally get something. Mm-hmm. But no, these guys, uh, it's it's pretty impressive what they did. And yeah, I have to say, I might be on the lookout for some more stuff like this. I'm
1: definitely gonna listen to their uh, first two because I heard their yeah. first
0: two have that
1: have more of a monk man
0: influence on them. Yes, <laughs> it's gonna be kind of wild. Yeah, but... kind of weird. Interesting to see how that'll work out. Yeah, this one because if you remember Curved Air, you know, you know what we're getting there. <laughs> this one, uh, this one really blew me away. I was, I was very impressed. Pleasantly by this surprised, one. pleasantly surprised yeah. by this one. Yeah, out of all three of them today, this is the one I'm most gonna recommend just because of how how surprised I was and how how much I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and it honestly, I think it kind of flew under the radar too. I don't. Oh think, yeah. I mean, I think it got good reviews, but it. It was the cheapest record I bought at the store the other day. That should tell you how much <laughs> recognition it got. <laughs> that right there is all you need to know. <laughs> but uh, I think that's going to do it today. Yeah. We went over You Are The Music, We're Just The Band, Toto, their debut album, and Sky 3, third album by Sky. Uh, all very good. All very albums. good. I got to say, this was a fun week. Yeah. Again, another fun one. Mm-hmm. Just like last time, no duds this time. No. Nope. Really, really good. Yeah, it was a very good week for the mm-hmm. reviews here. Yeah. And uh, that's going to do it. I'm going to send you guys off, and we're going to pray that uh, uh, what's Glenn Hughes doesn't die. Yeah, and, please uh, don't. Please don't. Please don't. And uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of Classic Rock Talk. Hope you guys enjoyed. We will see you guys next time with three new albums. Peace.